This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express Card. And we here on Savor are what you might call food explorers. It has been our actual job to go to cool places and eat, like, a lot of the food there. And then talk about it. And then talk about it into these microphones, which is a crazy dream job. Yes. Well, if you're like us and willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people like us who are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hello and welcome to Savor, prediction of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about marigolds. Yes! <laughs> Ooh, I'm so excited. <laughs> is your excitement about marigolds or is it because this is our uh, May the 4th tie-in episode? It's both. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. It's both. But I am feeling, I am feeling some excitement about May the 4th, Revenge of the 5th, however many you want, Revenge of the 6th, it keeps going and going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Every day is Star Wars Day when it lives in your heart. It is. Oh, that is the truth, Lauren. <laughs> that is the truth. Um, and this, we are coming up on the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Wow. Oh, yes. that makes me feel old. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. No, that's that's cool. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I I'm actually going to see it in theaters this weekend. It's oh, in theaters this weekend. Awesome. Uh, and then I'm going to see Empire Strikes Back on May the fourth. Anyway, okay. Yeah. I'm very sure. excited. It's great. all great. Um, <laughs> I love Return of the Jedi. It was my favorite as a kid. Empire Strikes Back is my favorite now, but Same. when I was a kid, yeah. Yeah. okay. Return of the Jedi was my favorite. I had like the indoor kids set where you had like the logs that you could swing oh, at the cool. <laughs> yeah. it was very cool you could set up traps and trip uh -huh. the the stormtroopers <laughs> uh so when you, you were asking me about this uh about what topic we could do for may the 4th um i i was like well we should do something around return of the jedi and a lot of return of the jedi when i think of food has to do with ewoks Okay, sure. Yeah. Yes. So I uh, suggested a couple of things, and edible flowers was where we landed. Uh-huh. And then, right, and then I chose marigolds in particular because um, they, as many flowers are, are in the family Asteraceae. So there's kind of a star pun in there. Yes. Yeah. 
Also, shout out to super producer Andrew's cat. <laughs> yeah. Astrid. Yeah. Yes. Always shout out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that's how we got here. Uh, and if you're listening to this and you're like, wait a minute, I still don't get the Star Wars connection other than the pun. Uh-huh. Um, oh, dear. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep this short. Uh, After Return of the Jedi came out, a lot of people, you probably heard the criticisms, didn't like the Ewoks. The Ewoks were definitely like trying to sell kids toys. Also, Mm -hmm. I I don't hate them, but people were like, wait a minute. What is this cute thing doing in my series film? (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. My series not for children film. (laughs) Right. Um, but they, they people went all in on the Ewoks in terms of uh, marketing, merchandising. Ewoks is never mentioned. The name is never mentioned in Return of the Jedi. That's really? how powerful this marketing is. Yep. Whoa. Not once. Um, right. Huh. But they had several spinoff movies. Some right. of the titles we've already spoofed in our listener <laughs> mail uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, episode titles. They had a show that has one of the most catchy and haunting theme songs I've ever heard. <laughs> okay. And if you've okay. watched Stranger Things, the most recent season, then you saw a snippet of it because they played it. Um, and in that show, which was a cartoon show, uh, the Ewoks were much more like, we eat all these cute fruits and very bright flowers and all that that kind of stuff. It was much less leaning into the... We're going to eat your Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and all the stormtroopers aspect uh-huh. as Return of the Jedi was. And it was much more like the fruits <laughs> of the forest. <laughs> sure. Yeah, they they stepped away from the, well, I guess it's not cannibalism because Ewoks are not people. But yeah. sure, they were definitely ready to roast some stormtroopers in oh, yeah. Return of the Jedi. So oh. they were playing, they were using stormtrooper helmets as like a xylophone thing. <laughs> Look, you don't mess with the Ewoks. People are always telling me they're so cute. No. I'm like, they will kill you. As with other small bear-like creatures, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. no, they will actually mess you up. Yes, they will. And also, there is a popular, I believe it's from the, quote, extended universe, which is pre-Disney. But uh, the Ewoks used these flowers, bright flowers, to make a very, very fermented strong alcoholic oh, drink okay and a bunch of the rebels when you're watching them like yup nub and they're drinking <laughs> they were drinking that and they were knocked on their asses because it was way too strong for them so <laughs> the ewok like just don't mess with them that's what i'm saying ultimately <laughs> full agree fully no yeah no notes that is accurate uh-huh yes <laughs> well with that aside um <laughs> We are definitely going to stretch the ostensibly a food show on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, bear with us, pun, I guess. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, yeah, so it turns out there was some confusion. I did try really, really hard to stick to common marigolds, um, which was the original idea. And I tried to make note of where I wasn't sure or didn't. Didn't. Because there are different varieties of marigolds, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. They don't specify or even separate them out often. Yes. And Annie, I I am so sorry. I <laughs> did not mean to cause confusion, especially this level of confusion, by specifying common marigolds or calendula. Um, I, ho- hopefully, I can help clarify throughout. <laughs> 
<laughs> and on one of my most sacred of days. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> know i think mild confusion is part of the star wars universe I, <laughs> let's yeah, lean into it <laughs> you're right you're right also i appreciate it i'm sure i could have just asked you but instead i was like don't let lauren down suffer <laughs> <laughs> <Summer> through it <laughs> yes, exactly no. um sorry you can't <laughs> no don't apologize we're gonna get through this together we will we will. Uh, you can see our past episodes on Sunflower Dandelions. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, oof, I guess this brings us to our question. <laughs> it does. Marigolds. What are they? Well, uh, marigolds are smallish flowers with petals that are bright yellow to orange to deep burgundy in color, a fairly mild in flavor, which can be peppery to like licorice-like to lemony. Uh, the variety here is partially because, right, the word marigold is used to refer to flowers in two genera, calendula and tagetes. In species that are edible, um, the flowers and the leaves can be both eaten. Um, the, the leaves will have stronger flavors. The flowers are used as a decoration in dishes and desserts, um, steeped into teas uh, as a food dye. The leaves are eaten, I think, mostly fresh in salads or, or maybe cooked down like, like dandelion greens might be. Uh, from what I've read, marigolds, though, are like really mostly there because they're pretty. Mm. So, so they're like C-3PO? <laughs> talks your ear off sure <laughs> oh that was a weird droid diss um uh i actually love 3po like he's probably the character that i most self-associate with which probably he's says hilarious. a lot about me <laughs> i see <laughs> and oh, or no actually the the evil protocol droid in the comics trip uh triple -huh. uh, zero that's yeah. actually because Come on, man. Evil protocol droid. There, yeah. He's so good. good. So good. <laughs> um, at any rate, marigolds, yes. Um, uh, it, it, it's okay if they're just there because they're pretty because, you know, we eat with our eyes first, as the saying goes. And they are really lovely. Um, just bright and, like, rippling with all of these rich golden colors like a, like a twin sunset over the sands of Tatooine. Beautiful. Beautiful. I can hear the music sweeping over me now. Oh, John Williams. Oh, John Williams. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so, so both of these genera are in the daisy family, Asteraceae. Um, Calendula contains a couple dozen species. Tajitis contains like a couple dozen more than that. Um, though some are categorically contested as varieties, not true separate species. But anyway... Calendulas favor more temperate weather and uh, tend to look more like daisies with um, with flatter petals and like a visible darker colored center. Um, and tajitis favor hotter weather and tend to look more like like little pom poms um, with, with curlier and or ruffled petals. But like I said, there are like a lot of species, so none of this is hard and fast. Mm -hmm. Both grow on relatively short, like under three feet tall, uh, herbaceous plants. The blooms come in colors ranging from off-white to pale yellow to like 
brilliant like crayon sun yellow um to like big bird's beak orange um to deep scarlet um sometimes there's a gradient on there uh the leaves are deep green and varyingly large and i have seen speaking of of varyingly i've seen differing information online about different species edibility i think that generally speaking calendula marigolds are edible and like mild to peppery to bitter to tangy in flavor, and Tajiti's species are mostly edible and more musky and pungent, um, or have other flavors like um, like licorice or lemon or tangerine. When in doubt, ask the internet, or better yet, check in with the company and or person who is selling you the seeds or flowers. They will know best. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Ooh. Um, and yeah, the flowers are used like however you use flowers, um, fresh or dried, whole or just the petals. You can scatter them over salads or other dishes from mains to desserts for like a pop of color and a little bit of flavor. You can brew them into teas or drop them into pitchers of cold drinks. You can batter and fry the flowers whole for a snack. Um, you can mix them into baked goods. You can use the petals in sauces or grain dishes like paella to create a golden color. Um, similar to what saffron imparts. Um, marigold has sometimes been called poor man saffron. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, marigold extracts are used as a flavor and I think more often a color in the food and beverage industry in products like snacks and jams and jellies, uh, pastries, alcoholic beverages. They show up in animal feed, especially for poultry, because that bright yellow, the, the, the carotenoids that marigolds contain, will work their way into chicken skin and fat and egg yolks. Um, they're also used in pharmaceuticals and cosmetics. Hmm. And there's an idea out there that, that marigolds help repel pests in a garden. Um, this is sort of like folk knowledge that, I mean, I, I grew up with. That's why my grandparents said that they planted marigolds in their garden. Um, and scientifically speaking, the calendula types probably don't. Um, more research is needed. But the Tajitis types might help deter mammals because they're like bitter and or pungent. Um, and a compound in their roots does indeed help prevent the growth of um, tiny worms in the soil that can destroy your crops. Um, you just need to plant the marigolds like a season before you plant other stuff for it to work. But like generally speaking, more research is needed. Uh, and yeah, uh, the flowers are also used extensively um, to make garlands and other decorations for both social and religious functions in various cultures around the world. Oh, yes. We will be talking about some of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, what about the nutrition? Um, You're probably not eating enough marigold flowers to, to make that much of a nutritive difference. Um, but, okay, well, also, like, we're talking about a wide variety of varieties here. So your mileage may vary. But generally speaking, um, marigold extracts are being investigated for a number of potential medical uses. Um, they have been used in folk medicine forever. And, I mean, the brightly pigmented ones do contain helpful micronutrients that some of which act as antioxidants um but savor motto uh yeah your body is complicated more research is necessary before ingesting a medicinal amount of anything you should check with a doctor who is not us because we are not <laughs> doctors 
No. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> well, we have some numbers for you. We do. Uh, marigolds are hugely popular in India. And Tajiti's types are the third most commercially important flowers that are grown there after only roses and chrysanthemum. Um, India produces over 2 billion metric tons of marigolds every year. Ooh. Oof. A lot of that is for <laughs> decoration, not uh, food, but mm-hmm. yes, hoofda. Mm-hmm. Um, the market for the extracts was valued at nearly $69 million as of 2022 and growing. Um, research indicates that this may be like part of the movement away from artificial food dyes and towards natural ones. Mm-hmm. There's a marigold festival right here in Georgia over in Winterville. Um, I think it's like May 13th, like the weekend oh. of May 13th. So it's coming right up um, mm. as we're recording this anyway. <laughs> it's been running on and off since 1971, which is when the marigold was adopted as the town symbol because, and I quote, um, of its hardiness, versatility, and vigor. And because it is a symbol of friendship all over the world. And I think like like the town was really struggling at the time. And I think it was a symbol of hope. Like the mayor was like, can we all get together and plant some marigolds and have like a nice time? Um, <laughs> a newspaper at the time reported that 10,000 marigolds were planted in a single day that year in anticipation of the festival. Um, yeah. These days there's food and music and a car show, among other attractions. Uh, wholesale revenue. For the flowers in the U.S. was over $50 million uh, a year as of 2021. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the demand for marigolds has gone up in recent years. And according to some of the things I read, uh, some people speculate that might be in part because of the increasing depiction of Dia de los Muertos in our pop culture, our mainstream yeah. pop culture. And things like 2017's Pixar film Coco that came up a lot. Um, marigolds are a big part of that celebration. Uh, more on that in the history section. Yes, and we do have quite a history section for you. Yes, we do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no worries. We'll, we're going to get through it. Uh, but first, we have a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express Card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be, and it is delightful. It is stunningly good. hmm Yeah. 
which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, another thing from their passion fruit, I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles, and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had from in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. <laughs> well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Okay, so let us embark on this journey. Yes, we've got this. Okay. Okay. Uh, Common marigolds originated in Southern Europe and the Mediterranean, though, yes, some places that I read put it in Central and South America, which I think is classification confusion, which dogged me throughout this. Um, There's also a lot of murkiness around the many types and between how they were classified, not even just within the like flower family, but like herb versus flower, a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so... Yes. Many sources do not specify and and even do confuse which type of marigold they're talking about. And to be fair, like historically speaking, the people who encountered them in different places probably confused them as well because they look real similar. Um, (laughs) But calendula originated in Europe and tajitis originated in Central and South America. Okay. All right. Um, uh, all that being said, I did see a lot of different explanations of this flower uh, and its origins. The story goes that the name is a combination of Mary, as in the Virgin Mary, and gold. Um, and they were, uh, what poor people would give to the Virgin Mary if they couldn't afford gold. Yeah, uh, although that name wouldn't have popped up until like the late 1300s. Uh, before then, the flowers may have just been called gold in Old English. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> One thing that seems fairly certain is that since ancient times, common marigolds, a lot of marigolds have been used <laughs> medicinally. <laughs> For instance, plenty listed a type of marigold in his first century CE work, Natural History, and I believe he was referring to common marigold. Yes, he was. Um, e- even, the, even the species name that we eventually attached to the common marigold, the, uh, the uh, calendula type, um, uh, it's calendula officinalis, which uh, 
means that it was sold in shops and, and indicates that it was used medicinally. Yeah. Yes. Um, meanwhile, marigolds also have a long history of medicinal use in what is now Mexico and Central and South America. Though again, yeah, pretty high chance it wasn't common marigold, even though I saw some arguments that one way or another common marigold did end up <laughs> in Central and South America, even though they have their own natively grown type of marigold. I'm so sorry. Yes. I... <laughs> um, <It's> okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, European colonizers brought calendula over with them at some point. Um, though, again, uh, yeah, calendula can't stand the heat, like the literal heat, um, as well as the local American Tajitis types. Ay, 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 yes. Well, <laughs> anyway, uh, the leaves and flower heads of marigolds uh, in Central and South America and Mexico were infused into waters and teas. Um, they were used uh, in this medicinal beverage that was prescribed for all kinds of things, especially around digestion, pain, and inflammation, and to increase lactation for those lactating. It was widely used for skin issues, um, for insect bites, stings, rashes, and warts. On top of that, the leaves were used similarly to how tarragon is often used mm -hmm. in sauces and soups, um, or as you said, in the place of saffron to make tea, and possibly was even used as an insect repellent. So I guess that idea has been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, on top of that, some sources indicate that they were used as part of ceremonies and rituals as well as ornamentally because they are Going back beautiful. quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um... By medieval Europe, uh, marigold was regularly prescribed for all kinds of things. Um, 15th and 16th century herbals regularly featured it. John Gerard's 1597 herbal distinguished. I've always said it herbal, but herbal probably is correct. Uh, you know what I mean. Uh, distinguished between several types of marigold while also recommending them for a wide variety of things from toothache, red eyes, the plague. Hmm. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Culpepper wrote in 1653 that marigold was a, quote, herb of the sun and under Leo. They strengthened the heart exceedingly. <laughs> oh. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. At the time, they weren't just used medicinally, but yes, also in salads, butters, I read. The um, color butter. Soups. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and in soups uh, as a seasoning and in addition to teas, which sounds very lovely to me. Mm-hmm. They were also reportedly Shakespeare's favorite flower. Hmm. I found a whole really detailed article about this, and I love that I found a whole really detailed article yeah, about this. Yeah, right? Huh. <laughs> he mentioned marigolds in his work six times. Um, two of those times were as an ornamental grave flower and a metaphor for death. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Spooky, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> the rest of the mentions in his works have to do with sunrises and sunsets. Um, and here's a quote. The marigold that goes to bed within the sun and with him rises weeping. Sorry, I, I'm not good at Shakespeare reading Shakespeare a bit. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is referring to, uh, to, to the idea that the flowers might, um, might kind of close up at night. Yeah. Um, and then they reopen in the morning and they're wet with morning dew. So they're weeping with the return of the sun. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's from uh, Winter's Tale, Act 4, Scene 4. But there, go search out this article because they had all of the instances. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Later in the Victorian language of flowers, which I love talking about. Every time we get to talk about it, <laughs> yes. it makes me happy. Huh. Um, marigolds were associated with grieving, loss, and despair. And yes, from this article, uh, it claimed that at the time, I'm having trouble envisioning this, but uh, at the time, middle class folks played this game where one of the party goers would be blindfolded and pick a flower from a vase. And then the guest would, quote, read the flower which was thought to indicate the future, this person's future, both in love and just in general. Um, and if Marigold was guessed, it was believed to be bad luck. Hmm. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but right. Yeah, no, no. It, you know, you pick a flower and people are like, oh, man, you're going to die tomorrow. Or I'm probably not. Die, <laughs> but like, you're going to be lucky in love. Like, you're going to be like, yes, Scott does like you. Like, you know, whatever it is that it is. Yeah. yeah. Scott does like you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and marigolds have been featured in a lot of art. They are very, very eye catching. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um Speaking of, because they were so pretty, they did spread across the world during the 1500s and 1600s, um, and they ended up in all kinds of celebrations, including Diwali, which, again, don't think is a traditional common marigold, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and in gardens, in kitchens, all over. Yes, uh, you are correct. The types mostly grown in India are the heat-tolerant Tajitis, which probably made their way over with British or other colonizers around the same time that, like, hot chili peppers did. So, yeah, uh, right right around that time. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, and quick aside here around loss and the symbolism of marigolds. Uh, as mentioned, marigolds are very important to Dia de los Muertos celebrations, which are held over November 1st to 2nd. And despite the the loss part, are quite celebratory. Oh, yeah. Um, according to some sources, going all the way back to the Aztecs, people in those regions believed that the scent of marigolds led your deceased loved ones back to you. For um, for that, for, for those days. Yeah. For those days, yes. Um Many who observe Dia de los Muertos believe that an altar isn't complete without marigolds. Mm -hmm. um, this day has been celebrated for centuries by Mexico. It has roots in Aztec rituals around Lady of the Dead. Um, and the marigolds usually used, called Simpasuchil, uh, which is the Aztec name for the type native to Mexico, add this really festive nature uh, with their color and their general beauty. Mm -hmm. I did see, though, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> conflicting reports about the type of marigold typically used. Uh, the Simpasuchil, the type that I just mentioned, is the traditional type that's used, but it is not the common marigold. But I think some people do use the common marigold. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Oh, I have like a really like lengthened, like weepy emoji in the outline here. Um, yeah. Okay. So, right. Um, you are correct. Uh, the <laughs> the Tajitis uh, types 
that that are that are native to that part of the world are perhaps most commonly used. But as the European types made their way over, you know, people use what's available. Um, uh, but but the European types are not again as like that that strong scent is part of part of the ofrenda. And so like like part of what you're looking for is to write right draw the idea of drawing the souls of the dead back to you with with these scents and um, other stimuli. Um, so right. Um, I will also say about Dia de los Muertos that um, like the, the older traditions that you were talking about got swept up into Catholic, like Roman Catholic, All Saints and All Souls Day, which have created the modern iterations of this festival. And like we could do whole separate episodes surrounding all of that, like those ofrendas and the candies and like Pan de Muerto. It's so cool. Oh, yeah. I would love to do that. I would love to come back to that. <laughs> Um, sometime around the 16 to 1900s in England, uh, in addition to butter, marigolds may have been used as a food dye for cheddar and other cheeses for which yellow orange color is a mark of quality because originally, uh, orange or yellow color meant that the cows that the cheese came from were grass fed, um, which we've talked about extensively in our cheese episodes. Yes, yes, we have, which is quite a sentence to say, but <laughs> true nonetheless. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Leona Woodring Smith's 1973 book, The Forgotten Art of Flower Cookery, hmm. great title, mm-hmm. um, had a chapter on marigolds, including history, symbolism, Emily Dickinson quotes, uh, and yeah. recipes. Yes. Um Snacks, soups, salads, including marigold cucumbers um, or cucumbers with marigold petals and a simple dressing. Ooh. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yes. And this was from uh, an article from The Atlantic about eating marigolds, and it was really good. So I suggest it. Uh, cool. If you're interested. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I would say a lot of the most recent stuff I had was because um, that's the last note we have in this outline. But mm-hmm. a lot of the recent stuff I found was more about like cultural appropriation around Dia de los Muertos. Sure. Uh, but also people discovering uh, like second generation immigrants uh, discovering it uh, and feeling more comfortable celebrating it. But kind of mm-hmm. how that's gotten bigger i guess yeah sure oh absolutely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah i would love if any listeners if you have uh recipes using marigolds uh, they do add just such a pop i saw some pictures of them in salads and i was like it just looks very nice <laughs> oh yeah oh it's a beautiful color and, yes. and can be a really good contrasty color for a lot of other different foods so Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do like the idea of frying them, I have to admit. Right. Uh, Anytime that anyone talks about fried, like like fried squash blossoms are what I think yes. of first. But right. I'm just like, yes, fry up some flowers. I want to deep fry <laughs> flowers and then dip them in sauce and then eat them. That sounds amazing. Yes. Yub nub, Lauren. Yeah. Uh, Yub nub, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> the Ewoks. They would approve, I think. <laughs> yes. Oh, heck. <laughs> Well, that is what we have to say about marigolds for now. It is. Um, uh, but we would love to hear from you. And we do have some listener mail already prepared for you, which we are going to get into as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. 
This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be, and it is delightful. It is stunningly good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, another thing from their passion fruit I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles, and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had from in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. <laughs> well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back. Thank you, Spencer. Yes, thank you. And we're back with... My favorite Return of the Jedi facts is that <laughs> <laughs> the song at the end, and if you know, you know, George Lucas changed it when it came out in 1997, the re-release, because uh -huh. he thought the original version, the Yubna version, was too childish. Oh. Um, which oh, I, well, makes me okay. laugh, because again, they're like for kids. I mean, right. they're for everybody, but. Right, but it was literally a ploy <laughs> to get children to buy toys. Not that, like, the rest of the movies were not at the time. Right, but Right, right. Like, <laughs> there was, I mean, there's so much, they're so good and they're so great. And they, they can be given for kids and for everybody. But I love that that was his line where he's, like, too childish. Um, yeah. <laughs> but if you're, like, listening and you don't know what Yub Nub is, then 
yes. Uh, oh yeah. A welcome young person. <laughs> yeah. It's also still like a like a term of like deep celebration. Yeah. Among my friends and I, and I'm sure it is for for y'all yes. as well. Like if something really good happens, like we'll just text each other, like yub nub. Yes. <laughs> It's good. It's great. It can also be used as a swear. It's a very multi-purpose <laughs> term. It is. It is. Uh-huh. It is. That's what's so beautiful about what it. Everybody says about yub nub. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about this. You as do. you know. Of course. Why wouldn't you? I, I know. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> James wrote, First time, long time, and I love your informative and delightfully nerdy <laughs> podcast. Good. The occasional D&D or Silent Hill reference mm. always makes me smile. Anyhow, during your listener mail on the Harissa episode, you specifically mentioned wanting more feedback about the practice of putting a red hot iron poker into beer. And I'm calling your bluff. Now I can't speak to whether it's desirable or likely for iron flakes to come off in the beer, but I can relate some firsthand experience at a hot beer fest hosted by a local brewery. Aside from the gimmickry of hanging out by a campfire and plunging a red hot poker into mugs of beer, (laughs) the idea is to scorch and caramelize residual sugars in the beer to create some complex sweet and toasty flavors along with a pleasantly aromatic and frothy head. It's kind of like roasting marshmallows for grown-ups. Although that's a wonderful practice, too, with or without a beer accompaniment. Inspired by the festival, I commissioned a friend of mine to craft me a hot beer poker in his forge. After my first attempt at a hot beer by my fireplace, I will stress the value of having a separate vessel of water on hand to rinse the hot poker before putting it into the beer. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. While iron flakes might be desired by some, I doubt anyone seeks fresh ash floating in their otherwise heavenly, frothy, and marshmallowy beer. I found that heating the poker on the stovetop instead streamlines things a bit, but that feels like a cheat and lacks any charm of the antiquated fireside process. <laughs> this is so cool. Right? Okay. A, A, we are never bluffing about wanting more information about stuff no. like this. Never, ever, ever. Mm-mm. B, it's so cool that you have a friend with a forge. Yes. <laughs> Um, that's very Star Wars. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yes. Uh, and right, C. Oh, this is so. This sounds so cool. Thank you for the detail of like how it does. That's terrific. Yes. Yes. That. I mean, it makes sense in that way where I'm like, I could also hear another point and be convinced it doesn't make sense. But it, <laughs> to me, it makes sense that it would give it that those kind of flavors. Yeah. And certainly um, foam up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I love that you. Yeah. You got. Uh, a hot a poker commission specifically for this you ran some <laughs> tests you have some tips it's great <laughs> oh oh heck now I need mm-hmm. a beer poker uh, it's obviously right <laughs> yeah. what are we even doing I don't... <laughs> what's even going on here <laughs> there are there are some local forges around Atlanta that like you can go like like take classes at so mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like we could go make beer pokers. <laughs> I feel like we could. I also feel like both you and I are 
easily startled and might make mistakes, but that's okay. Yeah, um, and slightly accident prone. I yes. like like the newspaper headlines would be like two podcast hosts accidentally <laughs> killed in Freak Forge. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, Freak accident. Forge accident. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that feels about right. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Um uh Andrea wrote. After experiencing the delicious dish in a restaurant, my family adopted a new expression. Where did my phone go? Which means, where did my phone go? These words are said multiple times a day as we search the house for that tiny apparatus. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it adds a nice fun flair on what can be a very upsetting at time where you don't know where your your phone did go. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tend to I tend to sing the the, the Lizzo song to myself, but um but sure. Yeah. Also this also works. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There there are multiple ways, you know. You got to make it express. fun though. Yeah. You got to make it fun and I do love this. <laughs> I love the idea of thinking of my fungo multiple times a day. That sounds nice. Right? Oh, <laughs> yes. right? Oh, cravings. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, happy May the 4th. Um, may the 4th oh. be with you. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And thank you to both of these listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saberpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yeah, those, at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard, and Astrid. Uh, thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.